It happens to all of us when playing pickleball. We hit a pop-up and our opponent slams the ball at us. In this episode, I talk with certified pro Dan Levine on how to handle pop-ups. Plus, we speak about a new restaurant and pickleball concept called Crush Yard. Let's get to the intro to hear from Dan. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Dan Levine. How are you doing today, Dan? I'm doing great, Lynn. I appreciate you having me on today. Yes, I'm so glad we could connect. And I do like to start off the Pickleball Fire podcast getting to know a little bit about your background in terms of pickleball, how you first heard about it, started playing, and how long ago that was. Well, yeah. So I've been in, been playing pickleball for about five years now. Um, I was introduced to the game 2017 by my dad on Sanibel Island down in Southwest Florida. I remember getting a call from him while I was living in Atlanta, telling me how he had started playing this fun game called pickleball at their local rec center. And I, I'm like most tennis players because uh, I've been playing tennis since I was uh, three years old. And I kind of was like, ah, it's an interesting name for a game. I was, I was nervous about jumping in it, but the minute I got into it, I just fell in love with it. All right. So let me ask, why were you nervous jumping into it? I, I don't know. Just like when you're a tennis player, You've been playing on a certain game for your whole life. The name pickleball is such an, it just, it throws a lot of people. You think it's, I just thought it was a game that I would not enjoy just by the name, to be honest. When I first got into the game and I got on the court and immediately, um, i never forget the first game I played. I lost to a couple. And my favorite thing about pickleball is that you can play this at any age from young all the way to when you're 90 years old and I played a couple that was 75 and 80 and it was incredible. And I had no idea what I was doing. Now, I think you do have quite a good idea what you're doing now. I know you've been a pickleball instructor and doing a lot of teaching in the sport. Give a little background on that too. Yeah. Well, in 2019, I decided, uh, I started, I picked it up, like I said, in 2017, but that I fell in love with it and I started playing pretty much every day, started recreationally. And I, before pickleball, I was an accountant in the movie industry and I decided to make a career change. I became an IPTPA certified level two teaching pro. I got my certification done by Kyle Yates, who's a very well-known respected player. And uh, I started with uh, one client down on Sanibel Island and I was just out there every day building my client base. And then I brought pickleball to South Seas Resort in Captiva Island. And I was the head pro there and built my business on uh, with two assistant pros and just started taking off. So I think some people might think, wow, you were an accountant, kind of boring, but I think you said for in the movie industry, right? Correct. Yes. So was that hard to give up at all? It's a very different kind of uh, industry. It's very serious. It was your typical long hours in an office, not a lot of movement. It was what I was accustomed to, but I found something that I was truly passionate about in pickleball. Um, I couldn't believe that I could 
make a career out of being outside at the time every day in a beautiful environment and changing people's lives, to be honest, in the aspect of they just wanted to get better at a sport and they just wanted to have someone that knew what they were doing and help them grow in pickleball. And then it's just such a fun and social game. I think that's what brings the community of pickleball together is that whether you're a man or woman, young or old, it's a, it feels like an equal playing field when you start and anyone can really jump into it. You had also mentioned that you had your certification done by Kyle Yates. And I interviewed Kyle Yates probably, actually, I interviewed Kyle a couple times. And I remember the first time I interviewed him, he was, I think, 26 at the time. And he's like, yeah, I feel like kind of the old man of pickleball. But with that being said, Kyle was actually one of the first kind of young athletic guys to get in, into the sport. And so I'm curious. I, I know he basically did, did your certification for teaching, but did you have a chance to also learn from Kyle? And if so, what what were some of the key points? Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, Kyle's one of the most respected players on tour. I mean, he was, like you said, the first young athletic guy to get into pickleball, truly. He was a champion. And I met him through one of my clients that had known Kyle for a long time. I'll never forget meeting him, being nervous. I knew how important he was in the pickleball world. And he was just such an, the minute I met him, so friendly, open to talking. We first got said to relax when I was in my certification because you you have to do your skills certification part with him. And after I relaxed and got it done, yeah, we played some and uh, he was nice enough to give me some tips. And at the time I, I was playing a lot more of a tennis game and he was teaching me more about how to take my game to the next level at the kitchen with my volleying, just whether the quick hand battles and certain ways of finessing the other players with the the dinking strategies and whatnot. So, I mean, yeah, definitely he took the time out of his day to help me grow as a coach, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And then one of the things that I think I read that you always want to make sure that when you're teaching, people leave with a smile on their face. How do you do that as an instructor? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many different levels to players in the game. Whether you're a beginner, I mean, I teach all the way from beginner all the way to advanced players, and everyone's looking for something different. And that's first off what I love about people is that I can teach players, whether they're a 1-0 just getting on the court, or I can teach someone who's a 4-5 player that's playing tournaments left and right, and they really need that competitive aspect. But the majority of the players are beginner to intermediate that I teach, and the way to make them leave the court with a smile on their face is I bring a lot of high energy every day onto the court. And I think that I truly am so passionate about this sport. And and I love what I do every day that it shows. And I think that's why my clients gravitate towards me and they get more clients from them. And um, we just make sure we're always having a good time and we're always improving too. That's a great combination. And I know you talked a little bit about your teaching history, but you've got a new gig I think you're just getting started with. Yes. So yeah, I've been teaching down for the last few years down in Southwest Florida on Sanibel Island, but I have now just recently moved to Charleston, South Carolina. I'm going to be the pickleball slash head pro at a brand new facility called Crush Yard. Actually, I have to ask, do you know how Mm -hmm. they came up with the name Crush Yard? 
I don't actually have the background exactly on how they came up with the name Crush Sharp. I kind of have a sense on just because of who our investors are and who we have for some, we have some very well-known celebrities, pro athletes involved, which will be coming out to the public in the next few months. But uh, I think that's where maybe it's coming from. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, you can pick a ball. A lot of people, right? Love to crush the ball. So I'm going to start with that. <laughs> well said. Now, you should go ahead and explain a little bit about what Crush Yard is, because it seems like it's much more than just a place for people to come and play pickleball and, and learn how to play and improve their game. Absolutely. So Crush Yard is a pickleball club and restaurant. We first off are we have one of the best chefs in all of Charleston, if not the best. He's been in for over 25 years, Brandon Buck. And we're he kind of brings an elevated comfort food, kind of a gourmet twist um, to our restaurant. I've personally had the pleasure of tasting the entire menu and I feel very spoiled because every single thing that him and his team make are just out of this world. So I think the first thing is that people are going to want to come to Crush Yard for the food. And after that, we're going to have eight indoor courts, which we're going to be the first indoor facility in Mount Plum, which is in Charleston, South Carolina, like I said. And we're going to be offering lessons, clinics, leagues, and it's going to be a fun place. It sounds like it. Now, since you've tasted the whole menu, you have to tell me, what is your favorite? Because I'm, I'm thinking South Carolina, it kind of might be some interesting regional cuisine that you might have picked out a favorite? Oh, man, that's a tough question. He's got so many good things on this menu. I'm a big, personally, I'm a big cheeseburger guy. And I know that's not a South, a Southern thing you would think of, but I'm, I truly stand by this statement. It's the best burger I've ever had. All right. Well, you let me just say you are making me hungry. Now, granted, I was actually hungry when I started this interview, but you're making me really hungry because actually right right now I'm in Cape Canaveral and I was hoping to get some Mexican food delivered from my favorite restaurant here. And uh, as it turns out, I can't get anybody to deliver it to me and I don't have a car and I don't have time to walk there. Anyways, that's my problem. But So in terms of Crusher, I mean, what, it sounds like you haven't quite opened yet. No. So we haven't opened yet. We are opening in early 23 and uh, we're very excited. I know the Charleston community is very excited. Um, We just were, Charleston Travel just did an Instagram post on us. And I mean, the feedback from the community with the thousands of likes we had and we're doing free giveaways for lessons and whatnot. It's It's exciting, the feedback on this community and everyone's ready ready to start playing pickleball. I've had people reaching out to me and tell me how they cannot wait to get on court and how they just are super excited for Crush Yard Open. So are you thinking that most of the people who are going to be coming there are just going to be getting started in the game? Or you think there's going to be more experienced players too out there? I actually, Lynn, it's a good question. I don't have an exact answer on that, but I do believe we're going to have a very good mix. If If I had to guess... I've already talked to, now I'm starting to get, I've been here for three months now and I'm starting to get in touch with the Charleston pickleball community and whether it's playing in the public park downtown in Collins or LTP in Mount Pleasant, I'm meeting a lot of players that are honestly 4-0 above. And I'm, I've also met a lot of beginners. So I think we'll have a, a good mix. Our memberships are about to be live. 
and I think I'm, I think it's going to be full very quickly. Oh, okay. So tell me a little bit about how the membership aspect works. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to have six, 700 members come into Crusher. We're going to have our members facility is going to be open from 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. And I, we're going to have member specific hours where only our members can come in the mornings each day. And our mornings are going to be open play and the re- versus the afternoons being able to reserve a court. And the reason that we're going to be doing open play for our members is my favorite thing when I got into pickleball, I wasn't an advanced player right away. I had a, an, a little bit of an advantage being a, an athlete in college playing in tennis and whatnot. But I think the best part is that the pickleball community is so welcoming, at least everyone I've ever dealt with in pickleball. And I think the best way for people to really feel welcome on the court is you just put, you're putting your paddles in on a line and you're just hopping on the next game and you keep rotating. And that's the best way to meet new people. Most definitely. So it sounds like the facility will be open to anybody outside of the member area so they can, whether they want to just enjoy the food or come and play and also enjoy the food. Exactly. I mean, we're going to, obviously we will definitely be open to the public. We'll be Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. I'm sure it'll be a very fun hangout spot for people to come watch games, you know, sporting events. We're going to have, like I said, with the best chef in Charleston, a lot of great food. And we're also going to have 52 taps, I believe. So it'll be a fun place to come hang out. Nice. Now, you said that you've got some celebrities as backers. Are you expecting any of them to make some appearances at Crush Yard and then also on the pickleball court? 100%, Lynn. I'm very excited when Crush Yard is able to announce which celebrities are involved and which pro athletes are involved. We will absolutely be doing some pro exhibition events for Charleston. Yeah, in the future when we open other facilities in other cities. So it's a it's a good, some, some exciting times for Crush Yard. That sounds very cool. So it sounds like at this point, mum is the word, and you can't give me any hints as to who <laughs> some of those well-known folks might be, huh? I wish I could, but we'll find. We'll, they'll be coming out very soon. Now, do you know? Are there plans to have multiple locations after the first Crush Yard opens? This to become a chain all over the country. Yeah, it is. So the plan is to, we're hoping to become a national brand. That's our expectations. I know that we're going to be opening every year a couple more all over the Southeast. Um, so our, no, our CEO and his team are already at looking at other places and talks and the contracts and whatnot of other facilities. And we expect these to be going up pretty fast and become a, hopefully a nationally recognized brand. And that's exciting because it won't just, it's not just a, a one-off, but this is our flagship location in Charleston. And um, I know Charleston, the growth here for pickleball is actually pretty cool to see because a couple of years ago when I visited, it wasn't really here, but now it's here. So I know they're really itching to get on court. All right. And I just want to put in my two cents worth. I would love to have a facility like that where I live in the Connecticut area right now. You know, there's a couple <laughs> places in New York. Southeast, just start moving up the coast, and uh, I'd love to see one in Connecticut in a couple years. I'll have to, I'll definitely have to talk to the team about moving up north and not just go south because 
being a former northerner, I'm from New York. Definitely in the winters, it gets a little chilly up there. So I think an indoor facility would do pretty well, especially when you're talking about the fastest growing sport in the country and now adding in some incredible food. Yeah. And actually, like you said, with Crush Yard, you know, you're going to have indoor courts, eight indoor courts. I mean, that, that can be more perfect. That How mob that place would be in, in the non-summer months in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. What's the weather like up there today? Yeah, I think, well, actually, I'm in Cape Canaveral, but yeah, it's, I'm looking at You're my computer. It's 40, so it's a beautiful 40 yeah. degrees. But you know what? Like- the other night, I had friends out there in Connecticut playing, and they said, yeah, it started to snow, and they were playing under the lights. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it man, to that's a dedication. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I would not have been out there with them. That's why I'm in Florida right now. I try and stay away from the cold, having grown up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. All right, now... Dan, I know you're a high-level instructor, and I always do like to provide some tips anytime I have somebody of your level on the podcast. And I had, actually, right before I left Connecticut, I was putting together a couple drill sessions, ended up getting a lot more people than I expected, quite a few beginners. It wasn't really a teaching session. It was really a drilling session. But when what they all, many of the beginners said to me was, Lynn, I want to stop how do I deal with people who just slam the ball at me? Like I, they hit the ball hard, downward motion towards me. And since it wasn't a teaching session, I just kind of said, well, hit the ball lower. But there's much more to <laughs> great, it's a great answer, Lynn. That's a great <laughs> <Yeah>. answer. <laughs> but there, there is much more to it than that. So what would be, what would be something that you could help out? We all get in that situation where sometimes we pop the ball up. I mean, I don't care what level of player you are. That happens. So how can you help players out in order to kind of kind of temper that and learn how not to do that? Yeah, well, the first thing I would recommend, Lynn, because, again, I think as we're seeing in pickleball, it used to be a, a very much so a touch, only a touch game. It was a lot more soft dinks, third shot drops, and there wasn't a lot of attacking compared to now. And now people are really driving the ball or crushing the ball, I should say. And I think the biggest thing is, first off, you need to always, one of my favorite sayings I tell my clients is expect the drive and react to the dink. Because a lot of times when people are at the kitchen, they're just standing there, there's four people up there and they're thinking, oh, the other team's just going to dink it very softly back and their hands aren't ready. So the first thing is mentally being prepared that every ball is coming at me hard. That should be your mentality when you're on the court. I'm about to get a ball driven at me because you can always react to the dink. But what you can't do consistently is expect a dink and react to a drive coming at you. So that's the first thing I would recommend. And second, to avoid those balls being (laughs) driven at you and really hit hard in a downward motion at you, it's just getting out there and truly working on your touch game and working on your thirds. I have some great, my, some of my favorite drills for thirds that I do with my partners and transitioning in and just really being conscious about trying to be very soft with your touch game. All right. So I know it's always a little bit hard to describe on a podcast, but can you give mm-hmm. me an example of one of those drills where, it, where they're doing third shots and kind of describe how that works? Absolutely. So 
one of my one of my favorite drills is if I was playing with you, Lynn, we'd both start across from each other, across the net, we'd both be at the kitchen. To work on our third shot drop game, one of the things I teach is that you gotta keep that shoulder hinged when it's more it's a push. When you're dinking, you're trying to originally when you're not doing spins, when you're just pushing the ball, you're gonna keep your shoulder hinged and you're gonna push the ball. So if I'm with you, I'm gonna be at the kitchen, you're on the other side, I'm gonna say, All right, Lynn, so every three shots, you're gonna take two steps back towards the baseline from the kitchen. So we're gonna dink together. We're gonna push the ball back and forth. After three, you take two steps back. And then you do three more and you take two steps back all the way back to the baseline. Because what this teaches you is that the dink and the third shot drop are the exact same motion. And if you can effectively hit your dinks, you can effectively hit your drops because that motion, that nice push from the backhand and the forehand is exactly the same. And then you work all the way back and you work all the way back in and then your partner goes all the way back and then they come all the way back in. That's a drill I've been doing for the last two years and it truly will help your game. And so that's a situation where only one person is at the kitchen line. They stay at the kitchen line and the person say on the other side of the net are the ones who are moving back. They're moving. So yeah, if we were doing this together, you would start, I'd say, all right, Lynn, you're going to be the first one to work on your third. So we're going to dink. Every three shots, take two steps back. You're going to do that all the way back to the baseline. And then when you're at the baseline, now you're not, now you're hitting a third. So you're going to hit three thirds and then you're going to take two steps in and then hit three more, take two steps in. So it also helps because a lot of people don't understand the transition game from the baseline to the kitchen. Everyone thinks sprint right away where there is that, there is that middle court where in People in tennis will think it's a no man's land. It does not exist in pickleball. A lot of the game is played in the middle of the court. So you would work your way all the way back, all the way in, and then you would help me. Then I would work all the way back and all the way in. So that way you and your partner are both working on their thirds and their touch game. Now, and kind of going back to the original question of how do you handle things if somebody's, you know, slamming the ball at you, hitting down on it because i mean as much as we want to dink and drop and have the soft shots where they should how can you kind of defend against that if it does happen if it does happen well if it does happen one of the biggest things especially when you're playing doubles um, is to communicate a lot of people are silent on the court you really need to talk with your partner so when you leave a ball up you need to you got to tell your partner up so they know a ball is going up. So hopefully they can then get ready to defend. One of the biggest things I see is a ball goes up and both people, on. I put a ball up to you and you're about to hit an overhead at me. Why am I not moving? You know, I'm just staying, a lot of people just stay in there. They just stay in that one spot they're in. Instead, as quickly as you possibly can, if I'm defending and I see an overhead, a ball's up, I'm going to quickly come back. I'm going to rotate back as far as I can, and then I'm going to stop the minute I see you're about to hit and get ready to defend. That way, I'm hopefully providing more space between me and you, and gives me a little more time as you slam that ball at me. So hopefully now that ball is not coming at me at the same speed. Right. And you as a young guy can move back pretty quickly, but I'm almost 60, and (laughs) I still always do move back. Luckily, I was always had good mm-hmm. foot speed and I'm not as quick as I used to be, certainly with all my knee issues. But I still always try and, and at least go back as far as I can. I may not get all the way back, but at least I go part way back. Absolutely. And obviously, 
this is different for all levels and different for all ages, athleticism, everything's different. Some people might get all the way back to baseline. Some people only might get halfway to the midcourt. But either way, you're giving yourself a better opportunity, which is what you're trying to do. Because again, you're not a, the expectation is most of the time the ball goes up, you're in trouble. You're playing defense. Now, defense is very important, but at the end of the day, what you don't want to do is make a bad situation worse by not even moving at all. So the, just the best you can just do the best you can do, try to get back as fast as you possibly can. Everybody's different. And then just get ready to defend. And another thing I always tell my clients is sports are, you know, I used to get told this from my coaches growing up playing tennis, but it's 90% mental, whether that's exactly right or not. Sports are extremely mental and you have to learn from your mistakes, but also move forward. I see a lot of people, a lot of my clients that I teach, the ones that have had a lot of success is they do a very good job of moving to on to the next point after they make a mistake and learning and not getting down on themselves because confidence is key. Absolutely. Now, just before we go, anything else that we should know about Crush Yard other than who the celebrities are that are investing? Oh, man, I wish I could tell you, but I promise it's going to be coming out soon. You can, everyone can follow for updates on crushyard.com or our social page on Instagram, our Crush Yard. No, I'm just, it's a very exciting time in the Charleston area. Like I said, we'll be opening, Crush Yard will be opening in 23. We're going to be running leagues. We'll be obviously having lessons and clinics for everybody. And a lot of, hopefully a lot of tournaments. And we're hoping to, we just partnered with Duper. So that will be great for our members. They'll have their Duper ratings, the official rating system of Pickleball now. And hopefully we can have some fun events with celebrities and pro athletes, as well as maybe we'll have some pro events with P maybe coming through to Charleston. We'll see. But it's very and. I hope everyone can come check out Crush Yard in Mount Pleasant in 23. I hope you can come to Charleston at some point, Lynn, and we'd love to get you on court. I'm always looking for that warmer weather in the winter. I love it. I hope to have you down here. All right. Well, Dan, it was great to have you on the Pickleball Fire podcast today. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. All right. Thank you very much, Lynn. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes.